This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt on the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, yours truly, Franklin Proctor. And a good morning to you, Charlie. Oh, good morning, Franklin. Yes. Hey, you know what? What? Um, I'm sick of the winter. No. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We're going to we'll... go make snow folk today. Are we? Oh, yeah. We'll go to High Park and make a little snowman. Okay, that's a good Not idea. Not a snowman, a snow folk. Yeah. Oh, I want to say hi to some folks. I met uh, two lovely couples uh, last night. I was to... Uh... Yes, here we go. <laughs> Tell us about your social oh, life what? on the garden. Oh, right. like, well, I was at the opening yes, yes. of Boing Boing Theater Aquarius. That fun, sounds a little fun. fun. Yeah, uh, Paul and, was it fun? Was it, it was so fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> yes, Paul and Mary, Joe and Lorraine. I've inveigled them hopefully to tune in this morning and maybe even call in with a question. I know that Paul's a real gardener. Anyway, cool. Uh, so welcome to the welcome, show, guys. Yes. Well, speaking of welcomes, yes. I want to say hello. Big oh, shout oh, out to my mom. Oh. who hopefully is listening right now from some little earbuds that hopefully somebody is stuck in her ear for. Oh, so your mom. She, my mom, yeah. Oh, golly. So, yes, I'm, yeah. hoping, so, I'm hoping my mom's hearing. So, hi, Mom. And oh, Frank yeah. says hi as well. Hey, there's a little kiss for you. There you go. A couple of them, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, oh, i got to give the phone numbers because you had a raft of information. I do. Folks, okay? Lots of announcements. All righty, here we go. Uh, phone numbers uh, for the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-0740. And first-time callers, please let uh, James Patrick Dooley know because uh, if you're a first-time caller... You get welcomed with that little ring-a-ding-ding. Yeah, garden wings. Call early, call off, and one question per call, and away you go with your announcements, Charlie. Thank you very much. All right, last week I mentioned that Brantford was hosting a seedy Saturday Mm -hmm. last Saturday, but of course I was completely wrong. The Saturday is today. So today is seedy Saturday in Brantford. Note, it is a new location. It's the Grand River Community Health Center, 363 Colburn Street at Alfred in Brantford. Plenty of free parking, sure to be a fun-filled informative day. This Tuesday, February 10th, the Scarborough Garden and Horticultural Society is hosting a general meeting and free lecture called Waiting for Spring. You should go to this one. Wow. You're tired of winter. Waiting for Spring. (laughs) The president and master gardener, Alan Milliken, will discuss planning and preparing your spring garden. Guests, of course, are always welcome and refreshments are included. They meet at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Uh, uh, Next day, February the 11th, the Burlington Hort Society is hosting their general meeting, 7.30 p.m. at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker is 
Claudio Rossi, an orchid specialist and grower. Mr. Rossi will have some of his amazing orchids for sale at the meeting. And, of course, there's refreshments, social time, and, again, all are welcome. Same night in Toronto, the Riverdale Hort Society is meeting. They meet at the Frankland Community Centre, which is on Logan, just south of the Danforth. Speaker is Gloria Brox, and she's presenting a luscious photo essay on the Kukinoff Tulip Gardens in Holland. See, you would love that one too. That'll get you right out of winter. Seeing masses, like acres of tulips, beautifully designed into these gorgeous patterns. I'm going to bring up some images to show you. okay. Because this is an annual event. I'll hold the microphone really close to the uh, Well, everybody can look up the Kukinoff. If you haven't already ever heard of the Kukinoff Tulip Gardens in Holland... Uh, I'll give you the spelling later, and it's totally worth, uh, checking, worth checking out. out. Sure. And, and if you can afford it, actually going. Now, just a reminder that uh, in about 20 minutes or so, we will mm-hmm. be joined by Terry Kennedy. She is a orchid specialist, a guru, if you will, knows a lot about orchids. She's also the um, – I think she's the publicity coordinator for the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Oh, great. So yeah. she's going to remind us about next week's upcoming show, mm-hmm. but she's also going to stay to – handle any orchid questions that people might have because she knows everything about orchids. Okay. Right? Well, that's, that's marvelous. Okay. okay. Is, is that covered? Or I, you think, have one more, I think, well, I have one more that is uh, coming in the future, but it is worth marking your calendar for. It is two weeks from now. Yeah. It's called Jump on Spring. It happens at the Toronto Botanical Gardens every year. It's a, it's a very fun event. It's free. There's vendors selling stuff. There's food. There's speakers. Uh, and again, if you're tired of winter, it's a really nice opportunity. <laughs> opportunity to get out of the snow and out of the cold and talk spring. Good stuff. I like doing that. Yeah. Okay. Frank Proctor, Charlie Dubbin here in the studio and, of course, on the uh, other line in the other studio. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him right now. James Patrick Dooley. <laughs> he's not on the line, Patrick, actually. No, no he's, he's yacking away with a uh, protege of his teaching the board. Ah, yes. Anywho, uh, we're going to be back in just a couple The sorcerer and his apprentice. Yeah, yeah. We shall return. We have a number of callers lined up, and we'll be along to talk to Molly in just a couple of moments. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a fond good morning to one and all on this uh, gorgeous Saturday. If gorgeous. you're inside. <laughs> well, if you're inside. Uh, you know, oh, there's David Redinger waving through the glass. Okay, but a good yeah. thing about this nice fresh snow coming yeah. down, it's covering all the dirty stuff. That's right. Right? Yeah. Isn't it looking much prettier out there right now? Oh, exactly. <laughs> and the drivers are all nodding in agreement. Yes, okay, right. okay. You know, I don't think I've ever met a Molly I didn't like. Honestly, it's uh, such a I love that name. And Molly is joining us. Uh, she lives right here in Toronto, I do believe. Hiya, Molly. Welcome to the show. First time caller, too. Oh, wait a minute. There Ooh, you go, uh-huh. Molly. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. What's going on? I had a question about Belladonna, or -hmm. Deadly Evening Nightshade. Mm -hmm. It comes up in my garden each year, and I try and pull it out. And I'm just wondering if I should be trying to get rid of it, and so how. (laughs) Should you? Okay, so Deadly Nightshade, or yeah, Belladonna, Deadly Nightshade, these are common names for a plant which is properly called, since I have to look this up, I'm not exactly positive what it's called either. It, um, It is... 
very – it's called Deadly Nightshade for a reason. It's called Atropa Belladonna, so A-T-R-O-P-A. It is very poisonous. It is something that you should not allow to grow on your property. It has no redeeming value whatsoever unless okay. you're doing some medicinal stuff or you're hoping to poison somebody. <laughs> and chances <laughs> are you aren't. So it, it, what it does is it spreads. It gets these little purple flowers and then it gets red berries and it right. spreads by seed. So those little red berries drop to the ground and sure enough, more grows. Your wow. best bet is keep an eye. Learn to know what the leaf looks like. Like. Mm-hmm. It is the same family member. It looks an almost lo- a lot like a potato, <laughs> the leaf, oh, okay. um, and it's got it's, it's got or a tomato. They're all the same family. So watch for the leaves when they start to come up in the spring. Pull it out, get the roots out if you can. If you miss it and it starts to grow, it'll vine its way through up fences and around other plants. Just every time you see it, have a shovel or a fork on hand so you can pull that plant out, root and all. And wear gloves, I would would suspect. Yeah, you should always wear gloves. when you get a rash from it, I think. Yeah, that's right. And don't put it in the composter. That's the kind of plant we... uh, Put uh, look, there's joggers running right by. Look, oh, see, yeah. they're loving the outside. <laughs> oh, ten of them just went by our window here. <laughs> so <They're nuts. laughs> there's ten more. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, don't put it in the composter. Remove from the property. It goes right off the property. Okay. 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 Good great. luck with that. It's a it's a horrible plant. Like it, it's quite insidious. It'll grow sun yeah. or shade. It it can be happy just about anywhere. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. you for joining us, Molly. And hey, don't be a stranger. Doors okay. always open. Okay. All right. Bye now. <laughs> hey, in Oakville, there is a young man there by the name of Earl on the line. I'm saying young man. I'm only assuming. Hello, <laughs> Earl. Hi. Hi. Hi, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Uh, happy Valentine's Day and early Happy Valentine's Day. Wow. Thank hey, you very good, much. That's the first. You too. So I have uh, seven hibiscus plants here. Mm. Um, what's the do's and don'ts of taking care of them? So these are all brand new to you this past summer? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I got them from my nephew. He works for, he has his own landscaping company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe uh, we had to bring the plants in in September, October, right. even in the house. So I... Um, so you volunteered? Well... <laughs> I didn't have much of a choice. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, forced labor. Yeah. So have you got a big sunny spot where they're located or where have you uh, got no, them? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, should, I, should, they, should they get a lot of sun? Yes. They should, eh? Well, depending. I mean, sometimes people will put them into the basement and stop yeah, watering them. I tend to do. I have some in the living room, but I have some in the basement as well. All right. So there are kind of two ways to have tropical plants in our homes. One is to treat them as a regular house plant, give them everything they want so they will be happy. Mm-hmm. So lots of sun, water as required, and we can begin fertilizing uh, March the 1st. Okay. Monthly fertilizing starting March the 1st. The other way that people will sometimes keep plants in their homes because they don't have a sunny window or they don't want seven hibiscus in their living room is in a semi-dormant state. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool space. So it's not regular room temperature. It would be, you know, 10, 11 degrees, even, you know, f- between 50 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. watering very sparingly mm-hmm. and basically just ignoring them. They're just alive but but mostly asleep. Okay. You will need to get them into the sun at some point to wake them up, to get them growing again, to be ready to go outside once we are frost-free. Okay. Thank you very much, Charlie. You're very welcome. Thanks Thank for your call. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us, Earl. And uh, once again, uh, I'll remind folks that at uh, the half-hour mark uh, at 930, we have a special guest coming in uh, to talk about orchids. So Terry Kennedy, yeah. whose um, mantra is, 
My Hobby Gone Wild. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we'll be back to uh, have a little chat here with Lucy and, and uh, Jim in just a couple of moments. First of all, let's uh, check some of our fine words from uh, sponsors here at AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here as we broadcast live and direct from the uh, Liberty Village location, the Zoomerplex, let's say hi, uh, Charlie, to Lucy calling in from Etobicoke. Hey, hi, Lucy. Hi, uh, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, a fig tree which I'm trying to grow, and mm. they said to keep it in the basement covered. And I find that it's now shooting. Mm-hmm. Because it knows the days are getting longer. Okay, so is it normal for it to keep growing? I thought it doesn't grow till springtime. Well, the fig doesn't really know the calendar, but it knows <laughs> that the days are getting longer, uh-huh. and it knows that it wants to get uh, get growing. So, so I just leave it there till I'm ready to put it outside? Yeah, so you've got it. Is it in a fairly sunny spot, or is it quite dark in no, your basement? No, it's quite dark in the basement, and mm. it's in a corner. I've covered it as well, as they said in the flyer that I was reading. Oh, what kind of cover? What do you mean? Um, uh, Just a garbage cover kind of thing. Like a garbage bag? Yes. Plastic bag? Yes. It's over top of the plant? Hmm. And then it's shooting out through the little hole there is. But what I've been doing is I've been watering it once a month, Mm -hmm. little water. That's fine. The watering is not a problem. You're keeping it alive. Personally, what, give me a rough idea of the, the temperatures you've got in your basement. Oh, it would be about hmm, uh, 19. Okay, so it's pretty warm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you know what I would do? I would uh, get the plastic off yes. if you can right away. Yeah. Uh, because that's not you're you're kind of creating a bit of a mini greenhouse with that plastic. So you're if anything, heat's probably building up in there, and that's partly why it's shooting like that. Oh ho! If there's any, is there any possibility it could be in? A, if it's going to be in such low light, it should be in a cooler spot. I see. Is there any cooler spot in your basement, any spot where it's a little less warm? Yes, it's at, I could put it at the back, right. Okay, or the alternative would be keep it in that same kind of warmth, but give it more light. Oh, give it more light? Right. Right. So okay. one or the other. So you're gonna, you'll slow down that growth that you're seeing if you can cool the temperatures, uh-huh. and you'll support that growth if you can give it more light. But giving it the heat and giving it the dark, you're just going to end up with a bunch of spindly growth, yes. which will not be healthy in the long term. You're going to end up having to cut it all off in the spring. Okay. okay. All right. So it's one or the other. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. And thank you for your call. Thank you, thank Lucy. You. And here we go with a little, uh, oh, a trip to Lindsay. I used to work up there. Yes, we know. And you used to live up there, too. Yeah, exactly. And did you want to give any shout-outs to your Lindsay no, friends? No, no. Well, I know you do like to say <laughs> well, hello to yeah. everybody. Oh, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. David Sheila, good morning. Hey, Jim and Lindsay, get on the line here. Tell us what's going on. Morning. Hello. How are you? First-time caller. Yeah. Oh, Welcome. My oh, ears. That was that was real loud. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jim. Uh, thanks, Charlie. What's going uh, on? About uh, the mid '80s, we gave uh, my parents a terrarium for a house gift, mm-hmm. and they have both since passed away, and it's come back to me. Mm-hmm. Now it's half full of soil, and uh-huh. there's very little room for this ivy to grow. How do I go about giving it more room? 
So that's pretty much all that's in the terrarium now is ivy? It's an ivy, yes. That's alive. Is it like an English ivy? Uh, that's a good question. Well, you know, it's that, that sort of traditional dark green leaf with the three lobes, almost like a, almost like a miniature maple leaf. Yeah, it looks like that, yeah, from here. Okay. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to get out your chainsaw or whatever is required, <laughs> and you're going to just cut it all back. Just cut the whole ivy back. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's just, if it's just full and it's climbing up the walls, the inside of the terrarium, they, they are very happy plants, and they will outgrow and happily grow right out of the terrarium and, you know, into your bathroom and kitchen and, you know, grow everywhere if you let them. So don't hesitate to be the master of that plant. Um, how much soil can I take out? Oh, okay. So why do you want to take soil out? Well, because it's half full. And what, it just looks silly to have so much soil? Well, when we gave it to them, I think it only had maybe about two inches, three inches of soil in it. Mm -hmm. So soil got added along the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could start the whole thing fresh. That's what I'd be inclined to do. If it's, if it's the same soil from the mid-'80s and then you know, somebody was adding soil and there's only one plant living, my impulse would be to and, – and this is kind of a nice project in the spring on one of those nice sunny days when you can't really get in the garden yet but you want yeah. to be outside, assuming that you can you know, get this, this terrarium outside or, or do it inside, dump the whole thing out, you know, just get rid of the soil, get – Get rid of the plant, or keep a, you know a few pieces of the, that ivy plant, and then f- wash the terrarium, fresh soil. And what's fun in a terrarium is you make it like a whole little world. Like you make some little little berms and mountains, and and you know I like it when you've got like a little mirror that is almost like a little pond, and you you can make it all miniatures. It's a whole little miniature world, and then you get yourself some really small little tiny plants that will live in the terrarium. So little tiny ferns that cheap, cheap, cheap at your local whatever, Home Depot or Lowe's, and you pop them in amongst the, the ivy, and then you let the whole, you spritz it all and let it grow. Oh. That's what wow. I would do. <laughs> that's a, that's a project a that I have, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Jim? You're saying to add a couple. Yeah, I would change it up. Like, I would get more in there than just the ivy. Yeah, that's all that's ever been in it that I remember. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Unusual. Usually, a ter- if it, how big is the terrarium? Oh, it's... Uh... It would be probably about two feet deep, mm-hmm. two feet high. Pardon me. Yeah. And about half full now with soil, like the you know the rotted leaves. Oh yeah. Oh, so just over all those years, the ivy's just been sort of decomposing and growing through all this. Obviously, that's right. Hmm. Well, you've got an interesting little ecosystem going on there. I mean, it's it's obviously a happy ivy, so you could just say it's fine. You won't be able to get the soil out without getting the ivy out first, right? And then. Putting the ivy back in might be tricky because there's roots all over. You know, it's quite deep roots probably on it. Mm-hmm. So you could just leave it the way it is or just do a complete reno, one or the other. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for your call, Jim. Thank you very much. All righty. Hey, you know what? What? We have Terry on the line. How fun is that? Well, yeah. So fun. <laughs> so much fun. I know. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Terry. Are you there? I'm here. All right. Excellent. So I just so our listeners know, and Frank remembers you as well, this is Terry Kennedy. Uh, her and her husband, Doug, run Orchids in Our Tropics because they are serious orchid people. The, the hobby that went wild, people. <laughs> and that. also, Terry is very involved with the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. So you're the publicity manager this year, are you? Yes. yes. All right. So tell, do, your, do your duty and publicize what the Southern Ontario Orchid Society is up to right now. Okay. Well, everybody's 
uh, grooming their plants and getting them all ready for the show next week. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a, a big show, uh, probably, oh, um, there's usually more than a thousand plants for judging, and that means thousands and thousands and thousands of flowers. Because, of course, each stem, and many of the stems have, you know, um, 30, 40 flowers each. Uh-huh. So you can mul- do your multiplication, and you know there's lots of flowers. Feast for the eyes. Yes, and it's Valentine's Day next Saturday. Mm-hmm. What a better way to spend with your uh, sweetheart than in the midst of a whole tropical paradise of orchids. Mm. Well, what? I'm taking my sweetheart. I'm, I'm going to bring Frank. <laughs> yeah, I'm going along. Great. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, and uh, it's and this year we're actually uh, we're 50 years old. This club is actually yeah, 50 years old. Yeah, congratulations on that. And they've been meeting at the the TBG at the Toronto Botanic Gardens right from the beginning. Wow. Uh, when it was used to be the um, Civic Garden Center. Right. Yeah. And Doug and I have been members for over 40 years, so our kids have actually grown up at the t- at TBG. Huh. But, That's uh, true, but it isn't is, it? <laughs> uh, we're encouraging new people who, are, who haven't uh, exhibited before, because mm-hmm. we have special trophies for novices and people who are putting displays in for the first time. And as you know, the big thing about orchids is that they don't, it's not just cut flowers that are put in vases and lined up like little soldiers on a table. No, they're amazing displays. The uh, big part of the competition is actually the the displays themselves. So if if you happen to be there on on the Friday, which is actually closed to the public, but we invite a few people who are interested in, (laughs) it is, you know, sort of a, a beehive of activity. And then by the end of the day, the floral hall is just transformed into this wonderful paradise. I, well, I saw it. It wasn't last year. I think it was the year before. Yeah, the year they, before. And yeah. the displays aren't, like you said, they're not just pots or cut flowers all lined up. It's very creative. The little worlds are created with these different orchids, Last week, last week Terry, uh, uh-huh. Charlie was just waxing poetic about the show. And, the, and she said, I'm dragging, I'm dragging you along. But I, I will go willingly. It sounds terrific. It really sounds does. Terrific. And you know, uh, the thing is, too, you were talking about that gentleman about the terrariums. Uh-huh. Uh, people actually grow uh, some of the uh, plants, that, uh, some of the orchids that are very tiny, and they come from the Andes where they want like 100% humidity. And in order to grow those in the house, people set up, those miniature aquariums yeah, to exactly. grow these. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I have bubbles um, that I hang in my kitchen window where I have all these oh, miniature little, orchids. Little glass bubbles. Little glass bubbles. And these little orchids are planted inside the yep. bubbles. Mm-hmm. And then they and hang. They flower there, and, and they're right there when I'm doing dishes or whatever. So what direction does your kitchen window face? Uh, actually, it faces west. Okay, so that's not too hot and sunny for no, the little... No, it, because it only gets the afternoon sun mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like late in the day, so it's, it's, it, it works very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have them on the other side of the house too where it faces east. Uh, they do well both places. The ones that, that are on the, on the west side are a little bit warmer growing because mm-hmm. some of the orchids are actually very cool growing. Right. So there's, there's all kinds of different... Well, that's the thing about orchids. I mean, it doesn't matter what you have in your house. There's an orchid for that spot. Oh, there is. Because there's low light and there's high light and there's, like you're saying, cool spots and uh, Mm -hmm. warm spots and Mm -hmm. humid spots and dry. Well, not so much dry. Is there any orchid that does well in low humidity? Well, they they will. There are orchids that actually go through a dormant period because they grow in times when uh, they they grow in areas where where it's very dry. Mm -hmm. There's actually some that grow on cacti Mm. that I've seen in, in Ecuador. Wow. 
Cool. They, so they, you you know that's pretty dry. Yeah. Uh, but they they do sort of go dormant for the the, the dry time, mm-hmm. and as soon as the sea, the the rains come, yeah. they just pop out their leaves and very and fast. put out fl- um, yeah. flowers and just go to town. You know, uh, after doing this show for so many years with Charlie, uh, and speaking of orchids, a lot of people call up and say, what's the best way to, uh, to uh, water them? And, and uh, they, they advocate using an ice cube. Three. What's your take on that? Well, because there is a company that grows orchids, I believe, in Ontario mm-hmm. who supplies many retailers. Right. And sure enough, that's what the tag says. Well, well, three ice think cubes about a week. this. These are tropical plants. Yeah, what? You, you're warm-blooded. Would you like <laughs> ice cubes on your toes every week? <laughs> or no? no well, well, yeah. Think about it. Exactly. There you are. Well, okay. it, it, it's. Uh, I think it's a mark. It, I know it's a marketing ploy. Uh, well, I think they're trying to make it easy for people. I mean, I don't right. think they're trying to be jerks about it. Like, I don't think they're trying to hurt the orchids or anything. Well, the thing is, they will. The the thing is that those people have the plants planted in. Um, very compacted sphagnum moss, mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to get the water through. Right. So what they're advocating is a small amount of water that's going to be, you know, sort of Slow. soaked through very yeah. slowly. Right. So you're better off using room temperature water about the same amount, which, you know, so yeah. okay. a half a cup or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, the freezing and thawing mm-hmm. is going to hurt the roots. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens to plants when their roots get hurt? They die. The top dies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't yeah. have healthy roots. You don't have anything That's healthy right. going on above ground. So it'll, and because this happens slowly, uh, orchids are, are very slow growing plants. And so it happens slowly. So people get to enjoy the, the flowers. And if it dies after it flowers, the people who are selling them really don't care because they want you to buy more. <laughs> That's a good point. So, so the, the ice, if you want to keep your plants, is not a good thing. I know some people say it works for them. But I wouldn't want to be living with them if they were putting ice cubes on no, my toes. No, me neither. And I do what you uh, taught us to do when we spoke last year. I've, I've really bought into this whole idea of a bucket of water, room temperature, sits out you know, for a number mm-hmm. of days, and then I immerse the pots. Mm-hmm. And many of my plants, particularly the orchids, are loving this. This is just, they're so happy. You can tell. The roots, because as I mentioned to one of our callers either last mm-hmm. week or the week before, you will see roots above ground with orchids. That's yes. what they do. They send out these aerial roots. Yeah, and because you, they grow on trees. And in nature, they're not actually potted. We only pot them because it's more convenient for us. Right. And because we don't happen to have a tree in our living room to yeah. stick them and on. Yeah. And tried to take them to a show or someplace if you didn't <laughs> have a pot. A tree. That's right. So, so the, yeah, but they certainly, I mean, you could get driftwood and you could set, you know, you could wire orchids and, and bits of moss and bark and stuff mm-hmm. into the crotches of driftwood and put together quite beautiful displays right in your very own home as well. Well, yeah, but, as long as it's humid enough, yeah. it's, uh, and that's what a lot of people yeah. will do if they have a little greenhouse or solarium mm-hmm. where they can keep the humidity up. Mm-hmm. Uh, many plants do very well um, mounted. We do grow yeah. a lot of mounted mm-hmm. uh, plants just because they really d- want their roots exposed mm-hmm. and they really don't put up with having their roots uh, confined in a pot. Yeah, and cover it over. And, but again, like you said, pretty hard to immerse a chunk of driftwood with orchids yeah. wired to it. Much easier to just immerse the pot into That's this right. pail of water. And And as you explained last time we talked, those large Chunks of bark when they are when the plant is dry. There's a big air spaces in that in that pot full of bark and, and roots. Immersing helps push out the air 
that's between the, the, old the, air. the old air that's in between all those wood, ch- wood chips and fill with water. And yeah, then, and then, then that air in between those, the, the, the air that's in that pot mm-hmm. uh, is full of, of the humidity from the water. And that's what the orchids want, is right. the humidity in those spaces. Right. Oh. So we drain, right. you know, the little mm-hmm. pot in the sink or whatever, and then back into its location. So it's got good moisture, you know, good sort of mm-hmm. soaking wet bark, but it's not full of water by any means. Yeah, and grow them over a little little tray of, of water, like over stones or, mm-hmm. or uh, a little, uh, even a, a peanut butter lid. Put it in the bottom of your pot so that there's water underneath, the, but the plant isn't sitting in water. Right, right. Uh, Shelley, we're going to have to take a little Cheery. bit of a break here just in a moment, but could you uh, stick with us for the rest of the show possibly? Sure, I'd, l- I'd love to. I can't guarantee, of course, that what questions might be coming forth will be about orchids, but I'm sure you know a heck of a lot about a lot of other growing, too. So stick around, okay? Okay, I will. Very good. Meantime, Charlie and I are going to just do a little sales thingy here for our friends at Sierra Sill. Right. Yeah. And you're going to put on your... I think it's time for spandex. You know it is. I think so. Turn your head because I have to to change. Pretend that there's a phone booth in here. It's like Superman. Look out! Here he comes. the right time. Mr. Sierra Sill. Man, yes. Oh, I'm. T- my. It's so Ooh. shiny, you know. But it's good to have shiny a on a day like a today. This thing is tight. It's whole. Oh, you haven't been doing your exercises. Well, uh, yeah, I shouldn't be I'm that afraid tight. to bend over with this thing on. <laughs> okay, why is why is Frank putting on his spandex and his shiny lycra? Well, you know what? He has been taking his Sierra Sil, and he is staying active, and he is staying pain-free. That's right. Of course, Sierra Sil is completely natural. Mineral supplement taken daily can make a difference. If you have stiff joints or any kind of pain when you move, Sierra Sil can work for you. And if it doesn't, you get a full money-back guarantee. Just give it 14 days of daily taking and see how it goes. And if you have got sore muscles, oh, my gosh, Go ahead. try that therapeutic uh, topical analgesic spray. And feel like you fell out of a pine tree. That's You smell like you fell out of oh, a smell. pine tree. You feel like you. I know, it's like you feel. You steal my line and then you blow it. Blow it. <laughs> you, you smell like you fell out of a pine tree. That's Sierra Sil. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor along with Charlie, of course, The Garden Show here at AM 740. Terry Kennedy is on the line with us, too, an expert in the world of orchids and other things, too. Uh, just before we get to our callers, you have a little correction to make there, Charlie? I do. Yeah. I, made, I made an error. No. Uh, I know. Put it on your calendar. Wow. It doesn't Send happen often. Wow, up a flare. She made a mistake. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, you can write this down because, you know, it's, it's super rare. However, I did make an error. Heather Sinopoli called to point out my error. Thank you, Heather. She's the president of the Riverdale Horticultural Society. They do have a meeting coming up this February the 11th, as per my suggestion, at 7.30 at Frankland Community Centre. However, the speaker will be Dougald Cameron, not 
uh, who did I say? I oh, don't bother. Whatever. Don't bother whatever it won't be that no. person. It won't be the Kukanov Tulip Gardens. <laughs> it will be Dugald Cameron speaking on Clematis, the ultimate social climber. And uh, Dugald knows everything about, about Clematis. So he's very, very good. He's worth definitely worth checking out. And my apologies. But the following month will be Kukanov. Okay. There you go. Hey, from St. Catharines, we have Shelley on the line. Hello, Shelley. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about my hibiscus. Mm-hmm. I called you uh, a couple of months ago. I had a lot of problems with aphids, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we finally got that eradicated. Okay. But now I'm noticing on my on my leaves, um, I want to propagate the, uh, mm-hmm. my hibiscus, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing that um, I have like little lighter green spots on the leaves. You can't see them to normally look at it. But when you've got the light of the window behind and you look at the leaves, you can see it. Okay. If, uh, Without you, the leaf, it's not sticky. Okay, look, did you look on the back of the leaves at all? Yes, and I can't see anything. Okay. But as I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. where the stem of the leaf meets the leaf, mm-hmm. there's like a little puddle of water, it looks like, and it's sticky. Mm-hmm. So I know I have something on there, but I don't know... I mean, I treated the, the hibiscus, I think, three or four times with the um, insecticidal soap mm-hmm. to get rid of the other the aphids, yep. What do I do for this? Um, okay, when did you last water this plant? Uh, this week. Okay. So, hmm, all right, a couple things going on here. When sometimes we see water, either on the tip of the leaf or, as you point out, at where the petiole and the stem come together, so the other end of the leaf, yes. sometimes that is very naturally occurring. It is water that is emerging from the leaf through transpiration, which is what happens at night when plants phot- photosynthesize during the day and they transpire at night, and sometimes uh, that transpiration water will actually come out. So okay. it might not be an insect at all. What, well, what I w- about the lighter color in the leaf? Uh, Sorry, my stepson just arrived and the dog's going crazy. That's, good. that's sweet. Everybody's welcome to the show. We've gone to the dogs. Uh, okay. okay, I'm in another room. Hopefully it'll be quieter. Uh, yeah, so the spots on the leaves I have seen before, I don't consider it a really huge problem at this point. Your job is twofold. One is keep a very close eye on the plant. Continue right. to check, inspect, top of the leaves, bottom of the leaves, particularly in those little crotches we're talking about where the stem and the leaf come together. Always check for webbing in there because spider mite is the one pest that we don't see, but we do see the webs. And I've, I've been inspecting the leaves because good. I noticed this, mm-hmm. and I don't see any spider webs. Yeah, which is great. So, so I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about there being any infestation of anything right now. I would start fertilizing the plant, though. Uh, okay. It, now, I'm, I'm planning on trimming it mm-hmm. to, to do some propagating because this is a beautiful deep burgundy mm-hmm. hibiscus, mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to find another one. Mm-hmm. Can I do my, my trimming or my cutting uh, to put in the water to propagate? Um, now? Before, yeah, before I do the, the the fertilizing? No, okay, so let me explain something. So if you... It's a very good question, actually, because I just did this with a very special hibiscus myself that I wanted to propagate. I did a huge trimming on it about three weeks ago. If you trim your hibiscus now, there's no 
super new growth on the tips. It's all woody stems yes. and green leaves. Yes. It's very difficult to root hardwood cuttings or woody stems. So what you really want to do is you want to start fertilizing now. You want to push some new growth for the next month. In, the, in a month from now, you're going to have like two inches of brand new soft green growth, and it's those cuttings that you can root. And how far back from that do I cut it then to get the rooting? Okay, so what you'll do in a month is you will envision shrinking this plant by roughly a third. So yes. you're going to take quite a lot of stems off, but you're only going to keep to propagate the, the tips, the green soft tips that have grown, that are going to be about two inches long. The rest is going to be, you can try rooting it, but you're going to have, find it will be very difficult. Okay. okay. Uh, I was thinking it was more the, the woody stem that was the roots were going to be coming from. It, it can, you can root hardwood cuttings, but it's far more difficult than softwood cuttings. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, am I glad I asked you that question? Then, <laughs> you, you snuck a second I question. Know. In I here. could you see Frank rascal. was starting to go, yep. no, uh, this right, is Shelly, man. I'm pulling Shelly over and giving her a <laughs> ticket there. <laughs> She's on a roll here. Yeah. She's asking a well, lot that's good. of questions. No, that's good. All right. So you're good? I'm good. Thank okay, you. Shelley. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Richard and Rick hanging on the line there, and uh, as well, Terry Kennedy. By the way, Terry, your assessment of the advice given by your cohort, Charlie, here, uh, was she pretty well on the mark? Hmm? Oh, yes, very much so. There. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, we got, Terry. We've got, <laughs> you've, got, you've got your fan club uh, on the other line there. Good. Okay. Hey, Richard and Rick, we're coming back to you after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the usual cohort with uh, Charlie is yours truly, Frank Proctor, mm, yes. the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Richard to the line from Niagara Falls. Hi, Richard. Hi, good morning. Morning. Uh, Charlie, I've got a, a real, like, it's quite old fern. It's not the one with the real wide leaves. They're the narrower leaves. Okay. And it's growing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I have all these stringers coming down, and they're like Aww. fuzzy. Oh, you know what do those they are... do anything, or should I cut them off? No, do not cut them off. This is great. This connects over to Terry, who's on the line, our orchid specialist. What you're seeing, those fuzzy stems, are roots. They're called aerial roots. Orchids also grow aerial roots, well, roots that want to absorb, believe it or not, they're just, they're getting nutrient from the air. They are doing some gas exchange through oh. the roots. So do not cut them off. Well, I was going to cut them off. I did no, I know. I, I got some that are like anywhere from a foot. I know. I can people, just, just I know, see Terry and weird. wincing like, no, no, don't. Well, that's, people want to yeah. do that with orchids too, right? Like, well, these roots shouldn't be above the ground. Yeah, no, leave them alone. The plant knows what it's doing. And it's basically a perfect opportunity for you to have your spritzer, your mister handy, and uh-huh. at least once a day or ten times a day, give a little spritz to that plant. It will be so happy. Well, because the plant's old, but it's growing like crazy. Oh, okay. good. It's right. doing really, really well. Sounds, Sounds good. Sounds like a happy plant. Yeah. It is. <laughs> put it outside in the summer? I, I've never taken the plant outside. Okay. It almost I either put it in front of the window or I move it every once in a while. Yeah, good. Wow, good for you. And give but it a little... I've never, never seen the weather outside. Yeah, a little combing yeah, with your yeah. fingers because there'll always yeah, be a little bit yeah. of dead Well, I get leaves. a few leaves now that are turning brown. Excellent. Good but, stuff. Uh, other than that, it's, it's very, very healthy. Nice. Well, congratulations and put away your pruners. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. Now, let Bye. me introduce Rick from White River to Terry Kennedy. I'm doing this specifically because Terry Kennedy is an expert with orchids, and I know that Rick has a question uh, to do with orchids. So, Rick and Terry, carry on. <laughs> Morning. 
Hi, Rick. Hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. Where'd he go? Whoops. He's not there? Uh, I'm here. Oh, there he is. Okay. Go ahead. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I got orchid problems. Oh, Uh good. You you called the right day, Rick. I've been listening and waiting. Okay, good. Um, At what point do you throw them away? (laughs) (laughs) When they're dead. (laughs) What what is your orchid doing? Well, I've got five that my sweetheart bought me uh, last summer. Uh Uh-huh. I've been kind of neglecting them, but I've had one that the leaves are like pretty limp and they're and they're falling. They're really limp and dying on the edge of the plant or the pot. Like all but wizened. They they, they look well, like hound dog ears. Yeah, I guess you might say that. Well, probably it's it's lost all all its roots or most of its roots. Yes. Does it seem to be staying wet? Well, I'm I'm misting it now and stuff like that, trying to revive them. So. Well, the the thing is that probably the the potting medium that it's in has has gone sour or started to rot, mm-hmm. and is staying very wet. And when it stays too wet, the uh, the the roots are are aerial roots, so they need air around them. And when the when the um, the potting medium gets too compacted and and too dense, there's no air for the roots. Uh, so what you really need to do is repot it. And take a look at what's happening underneath. Yeah, and smell the roots. That's how I find it, whether they're underwatered or overwatered, right? Yeah. If it's all soggy, it'll smell like a swamp. Stinky root. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now, are you? Are what is it potted in? Is it a uh, moth thing or pots. bark chips? Uh, it's got the the bark. The bark. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have I bought years ago. I bought bags of soil so for orchids. So I've got plenty of soil, mm-hmm. or bark rather. Well, the, the, you could um, repot it to, and, and take off all the old dead, dead roots and, and put it, you know, start it over again and see what you can do. If it doesn't have any roots, then I would probably uh, make sure that you soak your bark before you use it as a potting medium yeah. because it's really hard to, to get it soaked the first time. That's why you never want your orchids to d- get tinder dry sort of thing because it, then it's really hard to re-wet that potting medium. Okay. So if you soak your bark, repot your plant, and then, and if there's not too many roots in there, put it in a plastic bag and sort of open it up every couple of days to check to see if, if you can sort of give it 100% humidity like it would have in the, in the jungle hmm. and see if you can revive it. Could I make a little terrarium, like maybe out of plastic and just and mm-hmm. exactly. get it in there and stuff like that? Just don't put it in the sun. Yeah, you don't want it in the sun. If it's in enclosed, in, you don't want it in the sun. Because it'll turn into a little oven, what, what's right? What's that sun thing? We don't have that much up here. <laughs> I know. He's, Rick's pretty far north. Terry doesn't yeah, know sure. how far away you are, but uh, Rick is way almost James Bay. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, White River, actually. Lake Superior. It's between oh, Wall well, and Thunder Bay. Yeah. yeah. North Bay. Well, uh, they grow the north, orchids north. in Winnipeg. That's Th- further north. No, no, Thunder Bay. But still, yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty far north. But yeah. so less light. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It is. But but you can. So light isn't. Uh, but but still, uh, at this time of year, mm. that sun is getting warm. And mm. if it, if you've got a a west facing window or a south facing window, it can get quite hot in that window. Yeah. So if you've got something that's covered, you really need to be uh, careful with it. Back from the window. <laughs> but you could try that. Sometimes when when a plant loses all its roots, and especially, it's, I assume it's a phalaenopsis. Probably. The, the one that has big paddle-shaped leaves and the stem comes up with multiple well, flowers on it. Well, I have four that have the bigger, thicker leaves, and yeah. this one seemed to have thinner leaves when I first got it, actually. 
Well, it's, it's, it's probably because it's a different color mm-hmm. than the others. Right. Because there is, uh, they, the, in order to get the different colors in the orchids, mm-hmm. they use different species as they come from the, the jungle. And some of them are thinner leafed and some are thicker leafed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll notice that ones with um, a lot of some that are uh, quite thick flowers, some of the yellows are um, have sort of longer leaves and lighter green. Um, they don't have as many flowers. It's because of their of their breeding, right. but they, they do vary a bit. And uh, the but it's the roots that you have to worry about in in this case. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and likely phalaenopsis are the most common orchids out there that, that people are picking up mm-hmm. and giving to their sweethearts. So that's why it's a good, uh, good guess anyway. Amazing plant. Hey, yeah. Rick, thanks for joining Amazing us from White River. Always too. a pleasure to have you on the uh, show. God bless. Thank you. I wish you could come down the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I wish you could. Hey. You're most welcome. If you we have, have a... people coming. To, uh, we do have somebody that comes down from Sudbury every year. Right. Well, maybe with we can Yeah. Well, we're about... Six seven hours west of Sunbury. Yet. Oh, it, it no, would have to, to be a weekend trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long dog, long dog sled. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of snow up there? There's a couple of feet of snow, but like last week is like 30, 35, 40 below. That yeah. oh, man. oh my goodness! I thought we were cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I laugh when you guys speak of. I know. <laughs> we're, we're hikers. We're such whiners. <laughs> yeah, we complain about Toronto Maple Leafs a little bit too much. <laughs> so do we. Don't, don't worry. Thanks Take a lot, Rick. Care, we, Rick. We have to push along, but hey, our Terry, thanks. big Ter- thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks wonderful. for hanging and, and helping. Really appreciate it. And we will see you next week for sure. I'll set that up uh, via email for us to, to slide in and That's see the right. show. And, and we'd like to see everybody there uh, between 11 and 5 on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. And if you need uh, more information, uh, it's uh, SOOS. S-O-O-S dot C-A. And it is completely open to the public, like you said, 11 till 5, both Saturday and Sunday at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. And if there's there's photographers in the group, there are special hours with photographers with limited admission so they can use their tripods and get uh, some really terrific pictures. Okay. Thanks, Terry. See you next week. And thank you, everybody, for all the great calls. Thank you, Frank, James. Next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The Garden Show is brought to you by The Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.